0: Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Dylan and Eric. I'm Dylan. And I'm Eric. Dylan, we've reached episode
1: D. Yes, we have.
0: <laughs> we've known what these movies were for a while, but considering their spooky nature and where we're at in the calendar, we figured we'd move up this uh, recording and make this our
1: Halloween special. A, a spook spooktacular special. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, roll, okay. Just roll with it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, costume
0: parties are all canceled, and trick-or-treating is forbidden, but we still figured we'd give you some candy for your ear holes. Just yep. the blank look on your face says it all. <laughs> yes. Is that your Halloween costume, is the blank look on your face? <laughs>
1: yep. Awesome. I'm a waste of space.
0: No, never. Okay. So we have... Uh, we have some listener interaction stuff to go. Wow! Yeah, so that, that kind of was a big surprise to me. I didn't figure we'd ever get to that point, but uh, never
1: thought we'd have a listener
0: <laughs> aside from each other. Well, and you, you probably don't even listen to it at all, do you?
1: Oh, I listen to it enough to going through the editing. <laughs>
0: yeah, true. All right, so uh, we have the results of our uh, B poll which was between Babe and Battle Royale. Okay. And once again, my movie okay. gets 100% of the vote. Battle Royale got 100% of the votes. That's surprising. This time with three whole votes. <laughs> and,
1: huh.
0: But I was one of them, so still only two like okay. legitimate votes. Oh, How sad is that? Well, did you do C? No, we haven't posted C yet. Oh. <laughs> We're posting that the oh, same right. day as oh, the our- Okay. <laughs> okay. Little inside baseball, there. All right? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, okay, I. Speaking of listener interactions, we also got our first listener email, and he said that we could read it on air, and this is in regards to also our B episode. This is from Jake, and it goes, and I quote. Hey guys, I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Considering Battle Royale is one of my favorite movies, I'm shocked to say this, but I have a lot to say about Babe. First, I think the movie is very intentionally satirical. It's written by George Miller, mostly known for Mad Max, a fun uh, post-apocalyptic action franchise with deep ecological and humanitarian themes underneath that veneer. Babe pulls the same trick. I think this is even more apparent in the sequel, which he both wrote and directed. Which brings me to my second point. I completely disagree with Dylan's claim that Babe 2 is more straightforward kids movie. In fact, I think it's much darker and more overt about its mature themes. I'm not alone in this opinion. It was panned by critics at the time for being too dark for children to enjoy. The notable exception was Roger Ebert who called it one of his favorite movies of all time. I'm pretty lukewarm about Babe, but Babe 2 is an absolute masterpiece. Keep up the great work, Jake.
1: Now, I'm going to go ahead and cover my ass here <laughs> okay. and yeah. go on record and say I've never seen Babe 2. I was saying that Melody, my girlfriend was telling me that it was a more straightforward. So campaign. she's
0: the one that's incorrect. So
1: she's the one who's wrong, not me. <laughs> okay, all right.
0: Don't be so defensive. Jake's an ally. He's a friend of ours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake and David are hosts of the Life Is Unfair podcast, which is a Malcolm in the Middle uh,
1: podcast. Oh, that sounds really interesting. That's something that I'm gonna go listen to right away.
0: You should. Well, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, like a lot, a lot of podcasts. Like I'm. Su- subscribe to over 100 and but most of them Jesus. I'm, I'm between like six months to a year behind on but these guys you I don't say yeah I always listen to like within a day of it being posted because they're smart they're funny like Malcolm in the middle is a great show and they they do deep dive they were they're one of the good podcasts I was that I was talking oh, about okay. you know where they they go through kind of beat by beat and they have all these different segments they come up with the best line and what the best visual. Uh, scene was and Hmm. who's like the least shitty character and who's the most shitty character and so they have all these different segments and yeah they're very insightful very smart very funny and good guys they also uh are part of the uh let's play death ray on twitch so they're they're twitch guys what twitchers whatever you call that um and so i did want to bring up that Uh, On November the 7th, they've been plugging it on their podcast, and I want to give them a plug on here, too. On November 7th, they're doing a 24-hour live stream for Extra Life Charity, which is uh, giving all the proceeds to the uh, Children's Miracle Network. Uh, And today, since I will be busy on November the 7th, I pledged fifty dollars in our name. Damn. For, that was from Life Is Unfair podcast to get them started against their goal of they're looking for a thousand dollars that they're trying to raise. So, uh, yeah, these guys are are great. Um, probably gonna guest on their show at some point in time. I'll have to convince you to actually watch Malcolm in the Middle. And I've seen
1: them. I've seen all of them.
0: Well, they're and I, didn't you say that you didn't like it? No. Oh, I thought you did that was maybe that was i go
1: i go from hating things to liking them very frequently so i might have said that okay well
0: so i told them that like maybe i could convince you to come on at some point in time um but yeah now maybe it won't be as difficult so yeah these are they're really good guys and it's for a really good cause and so wanted to give them a shout out for sure so very cool yeah because they they shouted us out on twitter and everything and obviously they, they gave us our first uh listener interaction so and that was very exciting <laughs> the yeah. start of a, a nice uh, friendship with those guys so that being said i guess let's get right into mm-hmm. our d movies
1: and we'd be starting with demon knight yeah, yeah we're
0: cause... starting with my movie for the, the first mm-hmm. for the first time ever Damn. so does that make you feel
1: inadequate it, 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 <laughs> inferior and scared <laughs> Scared?
0: Yeah, Scared because you made no notes again for the second consecutive. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: no, you, your
0: notes are good enough for your to us. <laughs> okay. So right into the stats on our Halloween special. Ah. go <laughs> 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 Ghost boo, though, not uh, man audience. <laughs> All right. 1995's Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. IMDb, uh, a lowly 6.7. <laughs> Uh, even worse than Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's rotten, 36%. Ooh, but I was like, how? I mean, this movie is great. Admittedly, it's not high art, obviously. I, I'm aware of that. I'm not so you know naive to think that, oh, this is the best. like, this is Citizen Kane-esque, even though we've already, like, lambasted <laughs> Citizen shit it Kane. All, shit all over it. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't, like, Gone with the Wind kind of classic, but, I mean, I think it's great. I think, well, obviously, I... Say much later on um, when we wrap up how I feel about it. But right now we're still in the stats portion. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Ethan Reif, Cyrus Voris, and Mark Bishop. Directed by Ernest Dickerson. Starring William Sadler, Billy Zane, Jada Pinkett, CCH Pounder, Thomas Hayden Church, and some others. What's your IMDb synopsis?
1: I always like that. Um, so. There's this guy who is in possession of this, uh, like religious relic. Um, that the demon, it's a key that the demon, it's one of seven, six or seven help seven, seven, and one of seven keys to bring back the darkness. Um, and the demons got all six, and they just need to get the seventh. And this dude's like, Trying to get through the night to make sure that the demons don't get the key.
0: Okay. Yeah. The actual IMDB synopsis is... A man on the run is hunted by a demon known as the Collector.
1: Did they ever say that in the
0: movie? That his name is the Collector? Yeah. I think only in the end credits. I mean, he refers to himself as... Well, so that that's part of the appeal for me with this movie. is I love how they play with the dynamic at the beginning... Where you don't know who's... Yeah, because he's he's being chased, and mm-hmm. so, ostensibly, he's the bad guy, and you're assuming right. that, like, Billy Zane, since he's, you know, th- technically working with the sheriff and the deputy, at mm-hmm. least initially, to try to track him down, that he's the good guy, right? Maybe he's um, the angelic kind of he, character and that, that breaker, or Smith, as he is known by when he checks into the hotel, mm-hmm. is the bad guy. Right. So... Yeah, we're not going to go beat by beat like we did last oh, time. Oh, really? We're not? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you gave me too much grief for that last time. Even though this is
1: one that I definitely could because I, I love it so much. Well, last me. episode was only like two and a half hours long.
0: <laughs> well, I said each episode is going to get progressively longer, so that by the time we get to Z, it's
1: going to be like 17 hours long, you know? But no, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something real quick. The Collector looks exactly like Drake. The rapper. You think
0: Billy Zane looks exactly in like the Drake? movie? He looked like Drake, yeah. Okay.
1: Hotline Bling. Other mm. songs that he's done.
0: Disagree. Strong. He looks. Hard. He looks.
1: Okay. I, he looks
0: like him. Um. Well. So, what did you? So, I don't know how familiar you are with actual Tales from the Crypt, but, like, the Crypt Keeper, like, I mean, were, were you kind of, like, thrown for a loop at the very beginning? Because they have that little, no. like, vignette when, you know, it's, like, the g- girl no, taking I, a bath in his You've
1: shown me Tales from the Crypt before, probably when I was way too young for it. Oh, I'm sure. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I knew what was going on. I knew that it wasn't, like, the actual movie at the beginning. Okay. I was like, oh, this is just the little introductory thing that's that cool the right. Crypt Keeper is doing good yeah. that's what they do <laughs> I thought this that show. was
0: funny it's like incredibly campy and like mm-hmm. yeah the you know the bo- boobs probably on display that's very like yeah. a, a Tales from the Crypt episode-esque kind of thing so I thought it was the perfect introduction and I, I love that opening scene where the, the filter song hey man nice shot is playing and yeah. like the car chase scene it's great I thought that was mm-hmm. like very perfect um so yeah, they, they crash the cars and then he, he meets Willie, which is like the town drunk and he kinda shares a drink with him and he asks if there's a place that he can uh try to bed down for the night to you know, like
1: escape. Well and this then, is this then he is brings after him he to try the... to like steal a car from the diner and then he yeah. runs off. Then he brings him to this like shit ass looking place and he's <laughs> like, Oh, is this a church? Yeah, like I, it was decommissioned
0: in the. It was the mission was like the the hotel.
1: Yeah, I wasn't which used getting to be a very church. churchy vibes yeah. from it from when it like was showing it. It looked like some like factory or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. From the outside, it yeah. it looks like very. Once you get in, you see like some. Uh, yeah the stained glass Stain windows gla- and everything, very special stained glass and not a whole lot of uh religious iconography <laughs> no well because for... it, it was decommissioned from lack of interest in the 50s oh. which i thought was well, maybe they needed bit. more more stained glass <laughs> yeah yeah which
0: is it was all in the like upstairs yeah. rooms so it's like yeah i, I don't know how that ever would pretty, have been pretty pretty awful church it was, yeah, it was weird <laughs> um uh, one of the notes I made was that moving star tattoos would be the next innovation to take the world by storm. Mm. So it shows, like, he mm. as, when he finds the the church, he's like, "Yeah, this is the perfect place I'm looking for." And he takes off his glove, and you see that he's got these star tattoos, and they start mm-hmm. moving on his hands. And I thought that that was incredibly cool.
1: Yeah, because you find out later that once they're all in the perfect circle, then that's when shit's about to pop yep. off. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: shit's getting real mm-hmm. real. But there's all these rules that have to take place, which he explains later. And so, but. um yeah uh, okay so he checks in to the hotel under a false name he says his name is smith he pays with cash Mm -hmm. and while we're in the hotel we meet the assorted cast of characters there's um uh, irene who's uh, like the the hotel's keeper Mm -hmm. uh willie the town drunk is the one that brought him there cordelia is the like the resident prostitute like she lives in the hotel and Mm -hmm. so she sees the wad of cash that that uh smith uh is holding so she her eyes light up at that uh there's wally the the postal clerk who's just been let go from his job and so he's kind of talking about that and then roach's
1: bitch ass <laughs>
0: well he doesn't come till later so oh. um Gerilyn, which is played played by jada pinkett she's irene's is that niece. uh will smith's wife yeah okay she wasn't at the time she was just jada pinkett now she's jada pinkett smith nah um yeah so she's on like a work release program and uh irene is really taking advantage of her like Mm -hmm. clean the stove go get cordelia sheets and dude then i got some other chores for you blah 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 Uh, i think it's funny when (laughs) uh so geraldine has the pet cat named cleo and she fixes um smith the, some supper that's like just slop and he's sitting there eating it and Cordelia uh, like sits up on the table and she's she's like oh finish that and then I'll take care of the dessert and then Irene comes and says get that pussy off the table <laughs> and so I was talking about the cat right, you know, yeah. that, but that I thought it was like a funny line I like it mm-hmm. um, so then Roach you were mentioning Roach mm-hmm. he shows up with his electrified nipples <laughs> yeah Uh But before that, um, well, no, not before that, Roach is up there with Cordelia, and they're doing their thing. Meanwhile, the sheriff and the deputy have come across, Mm -hmm. like, the car crash, and then they get the call, and blah, blah, blah. Well, the collector is there, and then he rides with them into town while they're there. Uh, sheriff. starting to go beat by beat here. <laughs> I'm not trying not to. I'm just trying to uh-huh, know, get the uh-huh. overall okay. thing. Okay, so I'll skip through that. But then, anyway, they arrive at the hotel. Uh, meanwhile, Breaker has this relic that the collectors, after he's hidden it, uh, it causes a scene. Uh, the sheriff says, well, I'm taking both of you guys to jail because... Both those cars were then stolen. the collector
1: says, uh uh-uh, uh, and then he gives him a little <laughs> Yeah, he punches through the sheriff's
0: face, yeah. which is he like. Gets this... his
1: arm stuck in the <laughs> Yeah, and he's,
0: he's wrenching it around yeah. and everything, and everyone's just uh, looking in complete disbelief at <laughs> what the hell's going on. Uh, a scuffle ensues, but then um, Smith, who ends up being. I'm just going to call him Breaker because that's his his actual okay. name. Um, Breaker uses the key on um, the collector to burn his face, and mm-hmm. then he's kind of thrown outside. And that begins with the the best line I think in the whole entire movie, or the best sequence, is when the collector says, "Humans, you're not worth the fr- the flesh you're printed on." Mm-hmm. I think they screwed that up. And then he's so pissed off at, like, the cowboy outfit that he's been... Yeah, yeah. you fucking ho-dunk, po well done there, (laughs) motherfuckers. All you had to do was give me the goddamn key. (laughs) And so then he uh, says the place is condemned, and he, like, cuts his... Starts bleeding all over the place. His green, goopy blood, and Mm -hmm. and he throws that all over the ground, which raises the demons. So then the house is under siege by demons. Uh... I put that the character design of the demons is really cool. I like how they all are, like, unique. They're all different. Like, some of them have earrings and nose rings, and some of them have, like,
1: ponytails. What I stuff. liked even more was when um, the different characters get possessed. It gave me, like, Thing vibes. I'm always talking about the Thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think I know what my T-movie is <laughs> But, yeah, when they were, like, all, like getting ripped up and like contorting and being all creepified yeah like I thought that was really cool yeah
0: so uh they're under siege and yeah a bunch of shit starts happening where Breaker tries to give these people like he tries to tell them yeah they're demons and all we have to do is just survive the night he he, um starts closing off all the doors and windows by using the key there's blood in this key Mm and um, it, the blood, like, forms a seal around those entrances that the demons can't get in. And he tries to tell these guys, you know, all we have to do is basically just just uh, survive the night. Um, if the demons do get in, you need anything to, to destroy their eyes, either a knife or shoot them in the eyes, anything that destroys the eyes and frees their tortured souls, he says. Um, but naturally, humans being humans, Roach in particular... Can't leave well enough alone. He says there's no demons out here. He's going to try to make a run for the truck. Cordelia, being that she is, like, with him, uh, tries to make a run for it. Roach, being a stereotypical creep, Mm -hmm. asshole, like, leaves her outside to die. Yeah. Wally, uh, who we find out has feelings for Cordelia, goes out to try to save her. Uh, He gets he shoots the demon but then it's like gets blasted and they bring him aside and Mm -hmm. blah 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 so then begins with uh the kind of the fracturing um breaker isn't really telling him the whole story no one's really asking for the whole story they Mm -hmm. just realize that they're demons and they're like in a fucked up situation right uh if they just would've leave well
1: leave well enough alone exactly
0: the words I was (laughs) looking for thank you (laughs) Dylan If they would just do that and listen to Breaker, you know, whether they had all the details or not, they probably would have survived. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah, Roach is still like, oh, well, they don't have any beef with us, and they're only after you, so I think we should just give them the key. I think one thing
1: Breaker probably should have mentioned, though, was that the Collector was going to try to, like, seduce them and, like, maybe don't do what the Collector says, because he Well, has... he,
0: he did tell him, he said... um, he did tell Roach that... And I tell... Because he says something like... Roach says... I have to say we just give him the key or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Breaker says... They'll kill you anyway. You know, I tell uh, you... Right. That, or you... Yeah, you know, but he never really says
1: can... that... He's got this, like, power to, like... Manipulate and control and possess. Right. Like, he... Well, we but, have said that. but
0: they've already seen, like, this dude cuts you know, uh, his palm with his fingernail. Right. And, like, all these demons start sprouting up over yeah. the ground. Like, they're, they're already reached the point of, like, this is just batshit insanity. I can't believe, you know, maybe we should take this guy's word for it that right. seems like he
1: knows what the hell's going on. Right. But, but he it, didn't give him any word that that was going to happen. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I get
0: it. But I, I just, I guess it's just human nature that there's like certain individuals like that that are just so stubborn that they can't mm. like despite all the things that they're seeing they just they they think that they know better than anything else like and Roach is one of those people okay so yeah Breaker is trying to warn them and, and Roach is still like yeah we're gonna leave and they start talking about um, this north spur they, they, they think that there's mines underneath there's there's all these yeah they go from down mines. there
1: they chase the cat down there cause Breaker wants to make sure it's not possessed and then he feels a breeze coming from one of the cracks in the wall and then willie says oh yeah fucking mines go all the way to jumping Jehoshaphat and
0: <laughs> yeah like they, they go at least a couple miles and they can reach town before the demons even know that they had left the house or mm-hmm. whatever and Breaker says no, it's too risky. You know who's to say that the demons haven't found the the mines themselves and that they're not already there. We're safer in the house. Well, meanwhile, uh, the collector has already seduced uh, Cordelia. He's already like you know turned her and said that. Um, yeah, how unfair is it? How how much of a dick is Roach? And you know just because he's all like, you want to be it. is
1: loved, and I can like give you that. And... Yeah,
0: and so he that was his way. And Wally
1: Wally goes up to check on her yeah and and then she seduces him and then there's a a commotion and not a good one (laughs) right (laughs) yeah
0: and so they're while they're downstairs arguing about the mines they hear cordelia attacking wally Mm -hmm. and so they run up and then it's this whole big thing where uh breaker goes in there to try to stop cordelia with uh the key um uh, irene is there with the shotgun that's gonna shoot uh, cordelia and she gets her arm ripped off uh and then uh cordelia is like demon i demified whatever <laughs> is trying to run away <laughs> with the, the yeah. key and breakers sure like, her, 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 her eyes out and then they're and like run. scurrying <laughs> away yeah, which was hilarious <laughs> i thought well but that whole i made a note in here that the seduction scene with the collector when he was standing, you know, down on the ground mm-hmm. and there's, he's not speaking verbally. He's like right. talking Tell to her, her in her head and you can see she's crying. And then he does the, the like, thing with yeah, his finger. Into, it yeah. away
1: and then like, he's like stroking her lip. Yeah. And then, yeah I thought, I that, thought that, that was, was really, very, well really done. well done. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was great. Um,
0: so then they decide, okay, after, so now the body count is the sheriff has had his head punched through mm-hmm. Wally's, uh, Wally's to... dead, Cordelia's dead, Irene's lost half her arm, yeah. and so Roach has said, you know, enough is enough, we're going to try to get out of here and go through the mines. Yeah, and Breaker's
1: and... initially going to, like, stay, but then he's like, well, if they go down there, they're all going to get fucking killed, so I better go with them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah. he reluctantly goes, and then they're they're in the mines. They're then trying to find...
1: Uh, uh, Danny. The, yeah, they find... Di- Oh, my God. They find Danny. <laughs> they find Danny. Darko. They find Darko. <laughs> yeah, they find Danny. And his parents are down there, too. But they're having a little bit of a bad day.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit possessed, as yeah. you say. Uh, and so, yeah, the demons are already there. And they're basically just... They've used Danny, essentially, because they could have turned him. Mm-hmm. But they have used Using him as bait so that they... Had chased them back in there. Well, but they would still be fine because Breaker had sealed off the
1: entrance. Yeah, so they go through, and then Roach's dumbass, yeah. he used to work for the dad or something, he's like, This is for 10 years of minimum wage, asshole. And then he's yeah. like, No. <laughs> yeah. But he they, Yeah, the, he
0: shoots them, it destroys the seal, yeah. it allows all the demons to pour in, and now they've invaded the... Now tank. they're
1: stuck up, they run off, and they run upstairs, and now they're stuck upstairs. Yeah,
0: with no ammunition. Yeah. They, they, they four had, bullets. Yeah, they have, like, four uh like No pistols. shotgun shells. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but they're safe upstairs because they have, like, the seal that's blocking the entrance, but then that's when they're, they're like, okay, Breaker... What the hell is going on? You need to tell us. We're now trapped on the upstairs level of this place. You need to give us the rundown of what's going on. Breaker, like, kind of exacerbated, says, You want to know what's going on? Shall I tell you? And he goes through the whole process of telling them in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, You're talking Genesis. And but that's basically what it was. There was the, they seven just key... left out a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there was these seven keys and they formed a circle that uh what how does he phrase it but it brought order to the cosmos Mm -hmm. or whatever but it was it was the earth everything was a formless void
1: it was darkness but the darkness had life in it and And the life was the demons and then the lord said let there be light and then scattered scattered the the keys keys. throughout all the universe
0: and now forward he says like a few hundred millennia later and the demons have have six of the keys that they found throughout like the
1: universe and he also says that the one that they have there is filled with the blood of a carpenter yeah and, and if you know anything about uh <laughs> biblical lore you know who was a carpenter uh jesus christ yes <laughs>
0: well geraldine makes the connection and so she's like yeah and he says yeah there's some of it is yeah. still the blood of Jesus. Because you but...
1: see later that he was in World War One. One. Um, So he's super old. Yeah. That gave me vibes of... Uh, have you ever seen uh, He Never Died? With
0: Henry Rollins? Yeah. No, it's still in my Netflix queue. What cube. the <laughs> hell is the matter it's, with it's you? It's been in my oh queue my for like ever. <laughs> Dude, you gotta watch
1: that like yeah. tomorrow or something. Okay. It's so good. But yeah, well, I guess I... Can't Is that your age for me? That maybe. Well, I was gonna talk about that, thinking that you saw it because I saw similarities. Basically, he. It wouldn't spoil it. To well, myself. yeah. Now you've already
0: said like if essentially he's you know he's really like, old or he's yeah he's nine.
1: ancient and it like shows like at one part where he was like he goes all the way back to like certain like he was in World War One and like I'll just stop saying that but I. I it made me think of that and i was
0: like oh that's pretty cool i like that movie <laughs> nice yeah so that there's that um flashback essentially where it shows yeah jesus is being crucified and basically the first you know like collector is there and he's just like a straight up demon he's yeah. there in like the robes like and everything but um there's another guy uh, thief i think he said was and his name was Sirek if i remember correctly i don't know but basically he was the first um guy that uh was like demon knight yeah the first humanities say well no because later the collector refers to you know he's talking to Geraldine and says no one's ever brought a demon knight over before so Mm -hmm. that must have been what he was was a demon knight even though billy zane the collector
1: no the demon knights are like breaker and um Really? he's trying to convert her over to his size so he oh was he saying, says
0: no one's ever brought a demon knight oh oh yeah is yeah. It, it okay yeah so there's it the, i don't know how many dude. times i've i've seen this and it huh. took that long yeah i was like oh yeah there's a who was dreaming knight. alice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off <laughs> oh what a dick move <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway yeah um so he, he tells them the story, and so they're all kind of like, "Oh wow, well, like even Roach like claims that he has this newfound respect for uh, Breaker and says, oh yeah, you're a real hero, this and that. But meanwhile he takes the key.
1: Does a little graber
0: and h- his intention is to give it over to the collector. Meanwhile, the collector is uh, appearing subconsciously to all these different people to try mm. to seduce him. He tries to do it with Geraldine he goes after and succeeds with willie. uncle willie yeah. uh with all the boobs in the the bar scene where he gives mm-hmm. him the what does he say nothing gets you fucked up faster or something This right uh yeah i forget what, what the booze was called but yeah so then um they have the the scene
1: with uncle willie uh he he gets his head chopped off and then he's they didn't get his eyes, so his decapitated body is still, <laughs> still being the yeah. shut out of break.
0: Right. And then the kid, little kid, Danny, like uh, covers his Impales head up with a rug, on and like then he grabs it and yeah. Like, yeah, sticks it on some antlers, which was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is also at the same time where they find the upstairs attic.
1: Yeah, Uncle Willie is like... A, yeah, it's like right afterwards, because...
0: Oh, well, no. Wait, no. No, so Willie finds uh, Danny up in yeah, the attic, yeah. and then they send him down, and they told him to leave the booze. That's when Willie goes into yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the bar. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at that same time, Irene and Deputy these, Bob... They these, like,
1: grenades, and I, they were yeah. going to do... What, the, what were they going to do? They were going to blow the post office up or some shit? Yeah, well,
0: Wally said he he was going to, like, blow up the post office for Cordelia. Oh. Yeah, because he had gotten fired from the post office job, and then he was going to go postal... And, like, shoot up the post office, but he didn't have any ammunition, because there was, like, all these, like, shotguns and assault yeah. rifles and Uzis and whatever in this crate. But he didn't have any ammo. He did
1: have a buttload of <laughs> He did have grenades. a buttload and... of grenades,
0: and so then they make the decision that...
1: Yeah, shit starts hitting the fan, and then, uh... Shit starts
0: hitting the fan, like, real hard, because... They're, like,
1: lot... They're cornered in the attic...
0: Well, so before that, like, that's when Roach makes the deal with, oh, the, yeah, yeah. with the Collector. The um, Collector, like, pops out the sponge from his mouth <laughs> yeah. so that he can wipe away the seal. Roach gives him the, the key and says, oh, this hell on earth business, who cares? I have hemorrhoids. Eh. And then um, the demons naturally kill him anyway because the Collector, mm. of course, lied. Uh, so now Roach is gone. Um, and
1: and then, then the Collector thinks that he's all good to go. Um, and then, boom, arrow right through the eye. <laughs> yeah. He but, drops the key. They grab the key. Yeah. But so
0: the arrow through the eye didn't kill him because mm-hmm. he explains, oh, that, Later that's something like that, for that, lower-level demons. Only, yep. mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, but they do have the key back. Deputy Bob and Irene say, you know, they're going to make the stand and hold him off with the grenades. Those guys who who's left. I mean, now, the
1: deputy could have gone up into the attic, Well,
0: you you would think, you know, if he was trying to be chivalrous or whatever, that he could have grabbed the grenades off of her and said, okay, yeah, no, Irene, They both didn't have to blow themselves up. But I guess they at least wanted to be together. I guess they they kind of figured that it was a lost cause. Like, now the demons and the Collector are all up there with free reign. Like, what was the likelihood of them all being able to survive the night? And so they just said, okay, they're going to try to... Eliminate the actual demons at least by blowing up the grenades, mm-hmm. so now it's just breaker and Danny and Geraldine mm-hmm. who are up in the
1: attic um and Danny's reading tales from the crypt and then that <laughs> is what ends up fucking him up
0: yeah so then
1: <laughs> yep <yo. laughs> so he
0: gets possessed uh Geraldine is a breaker like, a little licorooy. <laughs> Yeah, he like tears through his chest and like gives him the mortal wound, yeah. and then Geraldine is able to like kick him through the window that had had the seal on yeah, it, so he like blows, blows up. up. <laughs> um, so then it's just Geraldine that's left, mm-hmm. uh, and Breaker said, "Well, basically, that's what he had come there to do." Um, just
1: pass the torch.
0: Yeah, yeah, essentially, in that she was she was the right one for the job. That chose I guess the one. I mean, by virtue of being the only, the one, only left one left yeah. at this, at this point. But no, I mean, she was virtuous enough that she, he was tried to... to seduce her and he, yep. he didn't, uh, he didn't succeed. So then she has the, the run in with the collector. She covers herself in blood so that, you know, when he tries to grab her, mm-hmm. he gets like sparked because the, it's, been established that the blood like affects the the collector and that he can't yeah and then he ends
1: up uh grabbing her and washing her off in in the shower but she takes a little drink of the blood and like holds it in her mouth and
0: yeah which definitely comes into play because then he's trying to like drag her down the steps and then he's going like through this whole dance move like with her where he's like spinning her all around the room and he says that i i loved the the part where he's uh Trying to profess like his love for her, yeah. And he can't but, even say, yeah, that. but he, because he's a demon, he can't say, yeah. so he's stuttering. I thought that was like very well acted, and I thought it was like that, that was great. I, I loved that he couldn't say love. It was um, weird
1: when his uh, his fire dick came out, <laughs>
0: yeah. That was a little, yeah, I mm, it was a little weird. Um. But so she ends up spitting the blood into his face which causes him to melt and turn into like this big demon bat thing who's also on fire yeah but and then he dies inside. and then he dies yeah he blows up and it blows like the entire so that was like, like
1: his true form then yeah
0: it blows up like the entire building and then
1: it's she's fine somehow
0: well because you, oh you can, because uh, she was covered blood. with the blood yeah
1: but how was she covered in the blood because she, he he washed it all off of her
0: well I don't know I guess maybe because she had maybe she had swallowed some more oh. than she had, like, was okay. able to spit
1: out or something. Yeah, will go with that. Yeah,
0: and because you could... You, you
1: could saw, see the aura thing around right. her. Right,
0: yeah, so she was fine. And then I put, you know, she even, like, the way she's sitting, and it's, like, uh, it's sunrise. I said that she looks very angelic during the, the sunrise. But I was bothered by, where was Cleo? Because it made, they actually made a point oh, right. of, like, she's like, oh, the Cleo, before they went up into the attic. Right. So Cleo was up there with them, so you're hoping at some point that Cleo, like, got out of the,
1: like, yeah, place that's blown at, up? at the end when she's, she's not like, there. Yeah, she's not there. Yeah. Cleo's the cat, by the way. I don't know if we, mentioned, yeah. if we mentioned that.
0: So, yeah, me being, you know, a huge lover of animals, I was always concerned about that, so I made we'll it. We'll
1: say that she just got away and she's off. Eating some wet cat food. Somewhere. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they. Uh, I liked how they like set it up for like a sequel at the end too.
0: Yeah. Well. So then she's got the she's she goes back to Breaker and like fills the key up as mm-hmm. much as she can and then so she's got that like you know with her around her neck and then she gets on the bus to get out of town and, and...
1: before she gets on all the way she makes a a seal at the door. Yeah. And it's... then the next stop there's a new collector. Yep. He's and a he's black like, guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay Well, no i don't know
0: i mean i guess because geraldine's black and so they they sent a black collector because i guess they figured he'd be able to blend in better you in places so? that she would where she would go okay i'm assuming i mean i'm guessing that's what they were going with
1: i don't see color
0: <laughs> okay well i did make a lot of mentions about that that a reason that it's one of my favorite movies well ernest dickerson the director he's black mm-hmm. and so i think that's why he um, because part of the trivia which I guess I'll just say now was that the studio originally wanted Cameron Diaz to play the Geraldine character and it would be quite different movie I'm sure than whether they had Jada Pinkett
1: but yeah I liked her as the hero she
0: was great Um, and so Ernest Dickerson was kind of like no if you're giving me a reign to direct this this is who I want for the role and so he lobbied pretty hard for her and got her and that's one thing that I really appreciate because movies is, for being from 1995 like even you see horror movies now a lot of times you know women and people of color are typically marginalized you know mm. except with like Jordan Peele's movies obviously right um, but in like your, your quote unquote mainstream movies women and people of color are like generally marginalized and they're certainly not like the heroes of the, they're, right. if they're in the movie at all if they're represented at all they're like the first to die and so in this movie you have like a strong female character and she's black and she's the last survivor Mm -hmm. and you know so i i really really appreciate that and so that it was one of my notes um where else we got one of my notes was it's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time because it "Quote unquote ticks all the boxes. It has a strong female character. It has action. It has gore. It has boobs, and it's funny. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, do you have anything more to say? Are we in the trivia section?
1: Yeah, I've heard of uh, hand grenade oh before, I've never had grenades before, but never head grenades. <laughs> You're just gonna bring this one back around every single
0: time. <laughs> Uh well, one of the pieces of trivia I already said was the whole Cameron Diaz bit. Mm-hmm. The other one is this is Billy Zane's personal favorite film yeah. and performance of the ones that he's in. Which he, I really he looks
1: like. like Drake.
0: <laughs> I I really love his performance. I think this is another thing that we had talked about like way back in the um Across the Universe thing with casting. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie is perfectly cast. I couldn't imagine like anybody else in any of the uh the roles. I, I think it was very well done and like I said before, I realize it's not high art, but I mean I for it's a great movie. I watch it at least once a year, normally around my birthday, which is also around Halloween, so it's it's one of those that it was like perfect timing for us doing the episode and to be able to share it with you and I hope you like it. And so what?
1: Oh, you're going to find out. are
0: Wait, are we doing we the, do that at the, at very, the very end? end. Okay. ah oh, crap. Yeah. All right. So do you have
1: anything else for demon night or are we going to wrap it yeah, up? Yeah, I've heard it. No, nah, just was <laughs> Yeah. We'll go on to, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, yeah, what goes.
0: in the hell? Are, okay, oh, geez. here's the stats first. 2001's Donnie Darko, an IMDb rating of 8.0, so much better. Rotten Tomatoes rating of 86%, so certified okay. fresh, so that's much better. Written and directed by Richard Kelly, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Drew Barrymore, and Patrick Swayze, amongst others. What's your IMDb synopsis? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: Shit. Should I do the... Well, no. No, It's always better um, when you do the Alright, All right.
1: So Donnie Darko is a troubled youth who begins having hallucinations that are um, telling him that the end of the world is rapidly approaching. And yeah.
0: Okay. So the actual IMDb synopsis is, after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is... Is. Can't even read my own writing. Is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Kind of close. <laughs> so, where do we even begin? Um. yeah I'll just get it out of the way so you made no notes and then one of my very first notes is that it's so difficult to make notes on this movie especially because there's so many things going on and you're sitting there trying to enjoy it yeah there's so much
1: going on and like there's so many different interpretations throughout the whole movie that you could have and the whole movie is very like I think heady is the word Oh yeah. like I don't know I think I'm not smart enough to get a lot lot of (laughs) I well, think
0: you're very intelligent, Dylan. I always appreciate your insight with this, and uh, but I mean you know, I feel the same way. I think that I'm above average intelligence, and it was one of those where yeah, it's like, yeah. even though I've seen it multiple times, uh, it still was like, wait, what? Like how? How do how do all these things connect? And I, I yeah.
1: One thing uh, that I'll start with is uh, like the whole movie feels very like homey like, the the setting and, like, all all the characters and, like, everything feels, like, very comfortable for, for me for some reason. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, they just, like, really nailed the setting. And, like, all the characters were... It gave me kind of, like, a Twin Peaks vibes a little uh, bit.
0: Yeah, and I think that... Well, I don't know how big of a town or whatever Middlesex was mm-hmm. supposed to have been, but, yeah, I think it was one of those things where... Because they find Donnie, like, sleepwalking on the, what was it, the 14th green of the golf course. And they, like, immediately know who he is. They know who he is. So I think it's meant to be, like, a bigger, small town, Mm kind of in the vein of Twin Peaks, where it's like, yeah, there's there's lots of people, but still has that homey feel, like you said, where, like, a lot of people know a lot of other people. Uh, So
1: what is the, the, when does that movie take place? Is it, like, the 80s? Yeah, didn't you? Did you not just watch this today? I did. I I forget.
0: <laughs> October second, nineteen eighty eight was the okay. first time that he has the. So that's why all a, the eighties music. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, well, I watched the director's cut. I don't as, know. What, as as different. Okay. Well, so I was trying to remember back, like the theatrical version. If the director's cut was different. And no, the, they, the fact they, that they have the timestamp like, yeah, on did. the screen, so what the fuck are you talking I about? Just, <laughs> you just saw this, and then you, and then you're asking when it took place. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. That's alright. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So it he, it starts out where he like wakes up on this mountain. And it's very beautiful scenery. I mean, mm. this is another one where it's like the cinematography is just oh yeah absolutely fantastic. He kind of just like wakes up laughing on this mountain and then he rides his mm. bike back into town. And then, he, yeah, it, it's established pretty early on that he's supposed to be on meds and he uh-huh. stopped taking his meds. Um, the diagnosis later from his psychiatrist is that uh, she thinks that he has paranoid schizophrenia. Paranoid schizophrenia, Um, so it would be a concern that he wasn't taking his meds, but then, yeah. You find out
1: later that they were on placebo. Yeah. Like he,
0: well, he said that he was not taking his meds, which caused this big stir between him and his parents. But then it's very clear that he was taking his meds Uh and yet they were placebos. Right. So that was kind of confused by that. Why would
1: they put him on placebos if he was like. So fucked well, up. Well, the,
0: the diagnosis came later that, well, because I guess the well, still reason they
1: would have there would have been a reason for him to be in therapy and stuff. Like if it would, well, I that, guess maybe that was like a product of the time or something. Well, like, no,
0: it, it was said that he had accidentally burned a house down. Okay. Um, and so he he had been kind of in trouble with the law a little mm-hmm. bit, and like as opposed to like going right. to like juvenile delinquent home or whatever, he was supposed to be placed on meds. I guess.
1: Okay. And they put him on placebos? I, for that? Yeah.
0: Because, I, well, the diagnosis came later where she, after she tried the... Uh, Hypnotism? Yeah. She tried those sessions, and that's when she said that she thought that he was paranoid schizophrenic. But prior to that, she thought maybe he was just a kid, you know, like going through a phase yeah. or something. I don't know.
1: So... I mean, nowadays, he would have gotten pills instantly.
0: Oh, yeah. Probably without a second thought. Yeah. Right. Okay, well... um,
1: No placebos.
0: Well, kind of the, the, the crux of the whole film, like, still very early on, was... He is out during one of his excursions. Oh, it's also kind of established that he just goes out at night. Like his mom has even asked, like, "Where do you go? What do you do?" Yeah. You know, she's worried that so he's he still like getting kind into of like trouble.
1: Sleepwalking.
0: Yeah. Well, that. I think her concern is that he's still like out causing trouble, like setting oh, yeah, more fires said, or She whatever says, whatever. "Were you
1: out? Did you uh, toilet roll the the pickets house or whatever?" Yeah.
0: And he said, you "No, know, he'd stopped doing that like in the sixth grade mm-hmm. or something." But it was fortunate that he had been out because. Uh, jet airliner Uh uh, engine comes crashing through his bedroom and would have killed him but he wasn't in the
1: room yeah so that's that's where we start getting into the heady shit because like later on you like towards the end of the movie you find out that that turbine Mm -hmm. um is part of the plane that his mother was on in a separate timeline yes So you, so you can look at it that way and say that like everything that he was experiencing was like actually happening, or you could say, okay, well, it was just a turbine from a different plane and he was just like dealing with the symptoms of schizophrenia.
0: Well, yeah, so the, the, the well is very deep for like theories and, uh, (laughs) just thought processes about this movie and uh, I would encourage anyone who's interested in it to try to do a deep dive on the internet because there's a a site that I found under the guise of like that I was going to take notes on what some of these theories were to discuss Mm -hmm. and it is so involved and so in-depth and they go on you know like three different kind of timelines but there's all kinds of different theories one of them being that yeah he was just having uh schizophrenic hallucinations the entire time all this was in his head none of it was real uh-huh. there's another one that it was all just a dream you know that's like the kind of the trope that fuck that yeah so i i don't subscribe to that one that it was all just uh-huh. a dream um there's the one that i lean towards is that it was all real he this was actually he was meant to be there and in that room and die from the jet engine because he wasn't that caused a fracture in the space-time continuum. And so then,
1: um, I think it was a combination of both of
0: them. A combination of
1: both of what? He was experiencing hallucinations and stuff. And dude, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it was a combination of both of them. He was paranoid, schizophrenic. Well, but um,
0: then that... So then you think that he was... That he did have, like, mental health issues? Oh, yeah. You think he did? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I I guess maybe that's a fair assessment. I, I think he was a normal kid, and I think he that, that this was a real thing. It'd be interesting... Because uh, Richard Kelly, the writer and, and director, has kind of poo pooed the majority of like the fan theories and said, Oh no, they're all wrong but he has not come out and said what his actual thought process was. Well he was only like twenty three himself when he wrote oh, really? this movie. Yeah, so he was like so, young as shit too. So I don't even know if he knew what <laughs> what he was doing. Right. Or if he just like, Oh yeah, this sounds cool, but
1: at the at the very least if he didn't have Schizophrenia, he must have had like Asperger's or something because they, the way he interacted with people and like just how he acted in general, and they even went on to say that his like test scores were like crazy good and like he was like super smart and yeah, like he had to be. At least, if he didn't have paranoid schizophrenia, he had to at least have, like... like on the yeah, spectrum, the autistic. On the spectrum, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I You really think he was just, like, a, a normal kid? Because he didn't act normal. Even, well, be, no, even I mean, before he, he was, like, doing stuff. I, I think he had,
0: like, problems with authority. I think that... I don't know. Maybe he was... Maybe he was on the spectrum. I, I'm not sure. Um, I think, for the most part, that his interactions with people... I mean, if they were a little odd or whatever, I think for the most part he seemed like a normal kid, like a normal teenage dude. He had interest in girls, and he was smart, and he was engaged in his studies and everything. It's it didn't seem. I I don't know. I I, I would like to I think that just goes to in show the you fantastical the thing that it was that it was real that he had fractured the timeline and the rest of the movie is him being trying to figure out what had happened being semi-cognizant of the fact that he was meant to have been there and trying to put all the pieces back together like he he uh that scene where they're in the theater and he tells frank to take off the suit Mm -hmm. and he asks him what's wrong with his eye and you know frank's being like he
1: never met frank before so how would he know that goes along the lines of your theory then that it was all real yeah well because and what really
0: seals the deal for me is at the very end okay like
1: but then again hold on listen to this because his sister was friends with Frank, so maybe he had seen him in passing at some point, and when you see a person, they're in your head, you know? Yeah. They'll come to you in dreams, like, it never really leaves. So you could squash that theory by saying that.
0: Well, I think it it would be a fair assessment, like what you were saying at the beginning. It seemed like it was kind of a small enough town where, like, everybody seemed to know Mm -hmm. everybody. It would probably be fair to think that he knew a frank but then put two and two together that the frank that he knew which was his sister's friend Mm -hmm. was the same frank you know bunny that he was seeing
1: but when he took the thing off wouldn't he recognize yeah you would
0: you would think so that uh that he would be aware of that but to go back what i was saying like i guess we're just skipping right to the end (laughs) yeah um was uh I don't even know that we can skip to again we're assuming that people have seen this movie <laughs> I mean
1: it's like time travel we'll do the end and then we'll go all the way back to the beginning <laughs> okay.
0: so yeah just like the the cliff notes version uh, this former nun named Roberta Sparrow had written this book about time travel they called her grandma death she was always like standing in front of her mailbox looking for mail and nothing ever came but then Donnie you know writes her a letter blah 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 Fast forward to the end. Yeah, there's this Halloween party. Um, Donnie and his girlfriend Gretchen end up having sex, and then he he freaks out because the the time. Well, I guess <laughs> we didn't even like get to the very crux of it. The very first like quote unquote hallucination that he has, or the reason that he is
1: saved his, from getting his crushed by the brings to the him to the uh, golf course and tells him the world's going to end in like...
0: 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds. And by virtue of Frank telling him to wake up and then giving him that message, Mm -hmm. which Donnie writes on his arm, is that's the reason that he wasn't in the room to be crushed by the the jet engine. Okay, so that... (laughs) Just kind of flying all over the place, like a time travel thing, Mm -hmm. like you said. So at the end, uh, he's freaking out and he's with gretchen and two of his friends and he says time's running out we need to go talk to uh grandma death Mm -hmm. and so they go to uh, that house there's a scuffle with like the two bullies of the school Mm -hmm. uh gretchen ends up getting like thrown down onto the ground frank is had let was at the party at um
1: he left to go get beer, yeah,
0: and then he 's with a friend like who's in a clown suit,
1: they roll up in a uh, firebird, I think it was transam, oh yeah,
0: and well, and they, they run Gretchen over, they run Gretchen an over and like it kills her, uh he gets out in uh, the car and he's wearing the mm-hmm. bunny costume, and he takes off the mask, and Donnie has a gun that he'd found in his parents' room, which
1: he was led to by the Uh, predetermined goop path, which the way they were talking about it made it seem like they were, like the goop was like sentient and living. Yeah. And it had like a scent and like it was really (laughs) fucking
0: weird. It was, it is weird. Like Like, it's a very weird movie. So yeah, we're skipping a lot of it and we're doing this movie a huge disservice. So anyone that's (laughs) looking for a clear and concise synopsis of this movie needs to go elsewhere. And again, so I would Really encourage you to uh, to seek out some theories. There's, a, I wish I would have written down what the site was because it was it was really.
1: I'm sure uh, if you go Google Donnie Darko theories, right? That's yeah, you I mean,
0: up. but there's like a there's a crap ton of them, wow. and I don't remember what specific site this was that Damn. that I was reading this because it, it was really good. But um, yeah, so Frank is like, "What are you guys doing in the middle of the road?" Donnie has this gun that he got from the spear thing that he found in his parents room he ends up shooting frank in the eye the same Mm -hmm. eye that his right eye, his right eye Mm -hmm. the same eye that has been destroyed and he had asked him about like way back earlier in the film Mm -hmm. in the theater uh now frank is dead. oh okay so again my whole point was what really sealed it for me is that he was cognizant of what was going on, that he was aware that all this had to take place exactly the way that it took place, that Gretchen had to die, that he had to kill Frank in the way that he killed Frank was he he tells the clown guy, go home, tell your parents that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And when, because he, he knows that if he was not to then go back in time and be killed by that jet engine, that falls in his room that this timeline would continue and that everything would be fucked like there's this whole really good uh, description on the website that I was reading that was saying that if this timeline goes on too long without a resolution it could cause uh, like a wormhole or a black hole that could swallow up the actual correct timeline as well and like destroy the entire world Hmm. so Donnie knows what he has to do, he knows that
1: he in has order to, to get killed by the... he
0: has to get killed in order to bring all of them back mm-hmm. and like normalize the situation which is why he takes Gretchen in the car and he kisses his sister goodbye because he knows that that's going to be the mm-hmm. end and then he he drives up and then he uses this like this telekinetic power because if you saw it in the director's cut thing they had all the the things that would come up on the screen about yeah. the manipulated dad yeah and the the living particle or something I forget how they had worded it, oh yeah, but they alluded to the fact that um they were were given like supernatural powers kind of oh. that they may not even be aware of but Wasn't that it was
1: the exploited living was exploited it? living yeah. yes
0: that they are given these powers to try to get them through the scenario to correct the timeline, mm-hmm. but they might not even be aware that they have these right. powers but then he uses his telekinetic ability which he's figured out that he has to throw to disconnect the jet engine from his the plane that his mom mm. is on and use that to throw it through the so you think he did he did he did it himself to correct Whoa. the timeline oh my brain <laughs> again I, i'll have to try to show you the uh a site because it, it does a really good job of like extrapolating but all the this stuff. Direct, and...
1: the writer was saying, nah, it's fucked up.
0: No, I don't think that this was one, because there's all these people that are talking about one of the theories is like, oh, it's just a thinly veiled message about drunk driving because Frank was ostensibly a drunk driver and then there's uh, a sign at the beginning when he's riding back into town about like mothers against drunk driving, and they're like, "See, that's the proof that the whole movie's about drunk driving." That's. And so he's like, "Yeah, no, like, you know, it's a good message. I, <laughs> I uh, encourage people not to drink, dri- to drink and drive, but I didn't write my entire movie about drunk right driving. On. That's pretty fucking stupid." So, <laughs> yeah, and some of the other theories about it being just like a hallucination, he's kind of poo-pooed. So. Hmm what his actual thought process was. Was it a combination of all those things? Was it meant to be like, taken at face value and all that was legitimate? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Because they even had a, an interview with him like during the 15-year anniversary to try to... And that's when he had said, yeah, a lot of these theories are just bunk and not what I was intending, but he didn't say what his actual thought process was.
1: Because, I mean, he did seem like he was schizophrenic. Okay,
0: I don't know. I'll take your I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Do you
1: know anything about schizophrenia? Not
0: really. I mean, I, that they like hear voices. They hear and...
1: voices. They'll have uh, visible hallucinations. They'll have people telling them to do things. Which uh, is all things they, that happen in they the. They also movie. think that they have powers and are like chosen ones. And well, obviously, it's different for each person. But, like, all the things that Donnie was, like, experiencing and believing in are things that are, like, schizophrenic people.
0: Well, but, okay, so here's another one Mm. that kind of debunks that, is that I think he really did have some kind of supernatural abilities. Not only with the telekinesis thing at the very end, but also when he destroys the water main in the school... He oh, plants he has like super
1: strength, right? Yeah.
0: Well, he plants that axe like Through very bronze, deep into yeah. the bronze like statue. That's true. Yeah. So he obviously something was going on. Yeah, that's fucked. Hmm. So if it was just a hallucination, or he thought that he had powers, you know, he really did then.
1: Huh. Or maybe none of that actually happened. Maybe. Well, but
0: no, it actually did because there were all those. Like Donnie wasn't there. He there was like the the custodian. Had brought the like the superintendent or the principal
1: or whatever it was well, look at it this way maybe we're seeing certain scenes through Donnie's eyes right so maybe he thought that he impaled the thing with the axe maybe he just did the water main no who's but I used to say no, 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 who's no. To say that what's real and what isn't is what no, I'm saying
0: but but Don, that's what I'm saying Donnie wasn't there we wouldn't be seeing it through his eyes because the custodian told the superintendent or principal or whatever it was there was like four of them standing outside looking at the statue and when they were remarking about that's that's solid bronze or whatever mm-hmm. so obviously that happened hmm. yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> another one of my notes was i like the music <laughs> <laughs> yeah good. it was yeah just i don't so i don't
1: like 80s music that much but i like pretty much every song in donnie dark oh yeah
0: they're, they're excellent oh yeah. man
1: great soundtrack yeah because i, I love the movie like a lot
0: yeah so. yeah then that soundtrack is
1: phenomenal did you were you able to find the uh those um the
0: jim cunningham things no I... okay did you
1: no Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I just watched the director's cut. I didn't it's watch. It's basically like, like anymore, extended so. versions of that tape that they watch.
0: Okay. Like I, I don't know what else we would get out of that because no, I mean they, nothing, they kind of really. show enough. I mean it's yeah. cool that they, they actually did yeah. them, but
1: yeah, I mean the, yeah, it. It doesn't know. really add anything. I don't know it's that just that I would watch those. Um, it's because they're like really corny and like funny. So. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: so that that lady, that teacher, mm-hmm. uh, she is just like totally typecast as uh, the one you know who I'm talking about, right? The fear Kitty? love spectrum one. Yeah, Kitty. She is incredibly typecast because she is in Malcolm in the Middle. Right. Or, oh yeah, you said you've you've seen it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, but so she plays basically the same character, uh-huh. like a really annoying, overbearing like mom. Uh-huh. That's yeah.
1: You know what's a good podcast for uh, Malcolm in the Middle?
0: <laughs> Life is unfair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh another mo-
0: note that I made was it's just like society to fire the one teacher who was actually good at their right. job and interacting mm-hmm. with the kids, but yet they keep on the hypocrite that was like in support of a pedophile. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which was Kitty. Right. Well, I guess at the time they didn't know that, you know, when when right. they fired her, but she was good and in actually interacting and donnie had even said as much like she was the only good teacher in the school and naturally she's let go you know it's so fucked up and stupid
1: yeah i'm surprised donnie didn't like the science teacher though well, i mean i guess he had reason to like not really like him once he like stopped talking to him about like the time travel and stuff yeah well but i
0: guess my
1: he magazine. obviously liked him enough to go and like talk to him about that shit
0: yeah I th- so Megan was asking like why would the teacher say that he couldn't talk to him about it anymore because
1: of like God stuff yeah that's what my because like, it interpretation seemed like was. it was like a very overbearing um, town I or town or
0: school or yeah well it was a religious school yeah. like I think it was like a. It wasn't ever specified, I don't think, but I think it it like based on like the uniforms or whatever, it seemed uh-huh. like it was like a Catholic school, so it was like oh, okay. it was like God based, God centric, mm-hmm. and I I was guessing that the science teacher was like either an atheist or agnostic mm-hmm. or something, and couldn't and, talk and about couldn't it talk yet. about it because that he would like fly in the face, and, and so that was the reasoning that I just like Drew
1: Barrymore, which you find yeah. out they're actually in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. I think that was part of the director's
0: cut. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I don't remember enough of the theatrical version because I think yeah. I, when I've watched it, I've always tried to watch. I always tried to do that with everything. Like I want to see what the director's actual vision was. You know. So I, in almost all cases, I will try to seek out the director's cut. So... Was
1: the the book excerpt, excerpts um, part of the director's cut, or was that in the theatrical? version ah, I think well. that yeah, was not... just
0: director's cut.
1: Okay. Because yeah. I thought those were interesting. Yeah, very much so.
0: Uh, another note that I had was for two thousand one. I thought the visual effects were really good, especially yeah. the the scenes where they had like the flashes with the the
1: eye. Uh huh. And the goop, the yeah. Goop spears. Yeah. I, I called them
0: too. body light spears. <laughs> okay. Well, he but, calls them spears. Yeah. In the movie goop too. spears, I think, is better. I like yeah. that. Sorry, uh, kitty. Uh, we have a little kitty uh, mascot for this episode and he's uh freaking out at the pages turning in my notes uh i put at the end montage the certain characters seem to know their fates or the scenarios they've avoided by going back in time
1: uh, yeah it did seem like
0: like that, yeah. cunningham is crying like either out of guilt or relief that he wasn't actually caught i arresting. saw it
1: i saw it as guilt but i guess that's just because that's how i wanted to see it for some reason there was
0: something and i don't know if it was like a supplemental kind of deal but one of the things that i was reading on that website was saying that um 14 days later he like shoots himself um he blows his brains out on the golf course or something out of guilt and i was like well that wasn't in the movie is there yeah. like some what? super director's cut that we didn't yeah, see? yeah what the fuck Cause, yeah because I, I i didn't get that out of anything so i don't know if did you watch after
1: the credits
0: Yeah, there's nothing there. was nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know if that was, like, some super supplemental kind of thing or what. Um, Also, in that montage, Kitty seems like she's shocked and appalled, and it's not really explained why. Like, maybe, I I put maybe she knew all along or was involved somehow, because she's, like, the leader, or she's the coach of that dance team. Sparkle motion. Sparkle motion. And so, you know, if this guy's a pedophile, maybe he's... You know, looking at these girls funny or something, or maybe she's like aware or in cahoots and.
1: I don't know about. It. I don't think she was in cahoots. I feel like she would, was like actually like Bible. Bible.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know what but I mean. We we know how those can be. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll leave that and not alienate any more people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In that same montage, Frank touches his eye as if to check like it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. There. I like that. Uh, And yet Gretchen doesn't know Donnie because she'd never met him. Mm -hmm. But yet she still feels like a connection and like waves to the mom. But like in even in the movie, they never she never had any interaction with the parents. Never met. No. So I don't know how that would have been any different. But yet, yeah, she says that she didn't know Donnie, but yet still felt I mean, that's a a really like powerful scene, you know, where she waves at the mom Mm -hmm. who's sitting there like depressed and smoking that her son has just been crushed by a mm-hmm. fucking jet engine. But wow. I mean uh, I, I think no matter how you interpret the movie, just the fact that we're sitting here talking about it for a movie that's, you know, going on twenty years old mm-hmm. and has all these different, you know, theories connected with right. it and people that are still engaged and still talking it, and like us that it, it's still have so much appreciation and love for it i think that's a real testament to like how great of a film it is because you can look at at it like through so many different lenses that's kind of like what i was saying with battle royale you can look at it if you want subtext you can look at it through right. that vein of only subtext whereas if you just want a gratuitous violence film that's you can do that too mm-hmm. so i think donnie darko is another one that just kind of you can watch it a myriad of different ways and appreciate it for yeah. what it is.
1: I mean, another thing is, like, Donnie himself isn't, like, the greatest guy, but he still comes off as, like, likable. And that's and the Jake Gyllenhaal I, thing. Is <laughs> it? Is it? Is it just because I like Jake Gyllenhaal
0: a lot? <laughs> no, I mean, why well, I like him too. I don't know that my appreciation for him, like, it extends to, like, what yours is, but, yeah, I think it's, well, because the part of the trivia is telling you who else was considered for the role. Okay. And just, like, the whole casting thing that we've talked about multiple times, it, like, even within this episode i really couldn't see anyone aside from jake gyllenhaal in that role so do you do you want to get into the trivia in here uh yeah sure okay so vince vaughn was was their first choice oh my god first choice and he was actually like smart enough to say like yeah this is a great script i would love to do it but i'm too old you need to find someone that's actually going to like fit and so he turned down the role Thank Mark God.
1: Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg. Oh my God, <laughs> of of Wahlburgers, fame. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, Wahlburgers are pretty good. They, they were good? pretty good. Yeah, I liked them. <laughs> I left good. them in the fridge, um, and they went all brown. So I only got to have two of them. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, well,
0: Marky Mark <laughs> was uh, he was very interested in the part, and but he was only willing to play Donnie Darko with a lisp. And if he couldn't play him with the lisp, he wasn't interested in doing the character. So oh,
1: that's dodged strange.
0: Dodged a bullet there. Unlike Frank. Ooh, oh. Callback. Jason Schwartzman. You know him from Rushmore? No. Decent enough actor, but definitely not. Not Jake Gyllenhaal. Not. Certainly not good for this role. He was strongly considered and was only dropped out because of scheduling conflicts. Mm. And so they got Jake Gyllenhaal, and by proxy, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I liked, their dynamic, because not only are they siblings in real life, obviously, but they also played with that dynamic in the movie, and I thought, went really well, when they were calling each other, like, fuck, fuck ass, ass, and suck, and suck a fuck. fuck, how does one suck a fuck, okay, uh, here's a little, little bit of trivia for ya, okay. which, Kind of goes back to, the, like, how would he not know this guy or ever seen him mm-hmm. before? Because we actually see Frank at the very beginning of the film, right. at the start of the movie, when Donnie rides his bike home, he passes two women who are power walking, and Frank drives by in his red Trans Am. Ah, I
1: did not notice that.
0: I did not either. Uh-huh. Wow. But it's there, right there, in plain, hidden in plain sight, mm-hmm. as they say. And that is what I have... On Donnie Darko, do you have anything else that you would like to discuss?
1: I've heard of that.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. No. Just that look that you give every single time before you start spotting off that I just
1: so excited.
0: Okay. Um, are we ready for our the ratings? ratings? Uh, sure. Okay. So you first for A Demon
1: Knight. Um, please be good.
0: Please be good. Please be good. Oh, you shaking your head. It ain't
1: gonna be as good as you want it to be. Um, I thought it was a fine movie, but I'm gonna have to give it a six and a half.
0: Okay, at least make it a six point six six to you know. Fine, six point six To to get spooky
1: with it. Yeah, good. I I thought it was I thought it was cool. I thought the action was fun. I really liked the, um, like I said, like the possessed people like transmorgifying and stuff but I don't know, I I wasn't as engaged as I was with like Donnie Darko or like I don't know. It just didn't grab me so much. It just felt like I was watching like a like a fucking Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: How one, like, dare you cut your tongue out <laughs> Hey, man. I, I like
1: Jean Claude. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm still giving it a pretty decent six point six six? Yeah. Only
0: by you said six and a half. And I encouraged you to like make it spooky and make it a 6.66. Otherwise you would have voted it lower.
1: <sighs> yeah, by like a fraction. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm right, not happy you? about this. Well at least you didn't say like
0: oh, I wouldn't hate it, it was a two.
1: Yeah, I didn't like you were trying to do for Babe. Yep. I wasn't freaking out when you didn't like Babe. Huh? What? It ain't a two. <laughs> it's an eight. You said it was an eight. Oh, it's a two. <laughs> No. Probably we'll, not even going to show up. We'll on
0: split it. the difference. Anyway, we're not talking about Babe. We're talking yeah. about Demonite. Yeah. 6.6. Okay. So, again, I've said it multiple times in this podcast, and I will say it yet again one more time. I know it's not high art. That being said, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10?
1: That's ridiculous. <laughs> it is
0: ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I realize that.
1: You're but, actually doing 10. It couldn't be, get any better
0: oh, oh i mean of course it could get better then it name
1: a 10 what are you talking about <sighs> 9.8 <laughs> holy shit for real
0: like for real this well, is... i mean okay. i guess
1: it makes sense because you watch it every yeah megan like
0: she has no idea why i love this movie i can't even i don't it.
1: i don't know either it's
0: i just i don't know there's something about it i think like i had said before and i don't want to rehash the entire thing but i think it's perfectly cast i love tales from the crypt and I think I I love that like that camp factor. I love, I love everything about it.
1: I'll give I'll give you this. After watching that, I was actually looking into getting the complete series, uh, "Tales from the Crypt." So maybe I did vote it a little too okay. low. I'm gonna leave it at six point six six though. Okay. But. I that's not to say I fucking hated it. Obviously well,
0: I I'm very glad to hear that you did not. And,
1: and, and like I said, it made me wanna watch try to watch the other like the show.
0: So. Yeah, so I mean they're different and I and I appreciate the fact that the that this is different because it is like if they would have tried to shoehorn that story into just like a forty five minute or hour version episode of the show, it wouldn't have worked. Like it definitely needed to be that ninety three minute runtime or whatever it is. I just again for all the reasons that I said before, a strong female character, especially, you know, one that's, you know, not marginalized. I it's it's just to me, it's a great movie. And are there things that could be better? Sure. So I can't apparently give only
1: point two percent. I can't give
0: it a ten. I'll give it a nine point eight. Jesus, that's still <laughs> incredibly high.
1: It is okay
0: it, it's one of those I mean don't you have any movies like that where you can just like watch it over and over and not get sick of it i mean i can there's a lot of movies that I can watch multiple times, but there's nothing other than this I think that I can watch every single year and still know like every beat every nuance of the film Probably know exactly like what's Shaun coming the dead
1: yeah, that's me. another great one, yeah, either that or my movie coming up next, which i i haven't seen in i think six years oh my god i'm if it's if you're talking about your e
0: selection uh-huh. right? i'm super excited for that. when was the yeah. last time you've seen it? Mm, it it's probably been that long for me as well
1: yeah a little fun fact i'm talking about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind uh fun fact about that my xxxx ex, 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 ex-girlfriend showed me that <laughs> oh my god that's a lot of X. <laughs> yeah I might even be more than that. I'm not sure. Um, she showed me that, and she also was the first person to introduce me to Bright Eyes, my favorite band. So okay. she introduced me to my favorite movie and my favorite band. Yeah. Um, Melody's not gonna listen to this <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! I
0: love how you call our our show this shit. A <laughs> uh, but accurate. All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. just fun little fact. Good. Okay. Well, that's
0: good. Um, and I'm kind of like, well, I guess we don't need to. We can talk off mic about what my e movie selection is going to be. I'm kind of torn on what I'm going to choose. Um, but anywho, so we are need to rate Donnie Darko.
1: Okay, uh, I love Donnie Darko. I've seen it a lot. Um, and yet still didn't know when it takes place uh, even though I don't even know Oscar. when your birthday is Eric uh, I'm bad with dates you missed I don't it. know the, I don't you know the order of the your months you not phone <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, I'm serious, serious. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are yeah. <laughs> um, Donnie Darko I am going to give a 9.5 out of 10
0: wow well, okay
1: that's good yeah. Um, like you said, the cinematography is really great. Um, all the characters are really interesting. Middlesex and the town itself, like I said, feels very like homey and like yeah. quirky, and everything's really strange. I, I think that the the
0: one the one qualm that I have with it is like the those bullies. Mm-hmm. They never get any kind of comeuppance. You know, it's not yeah, like. That's true. <sighs> So that's kind of disheartening, but I guess that's well, kind of that's like... life that's, for you. Exactly. That is like true to life. Like the, the people that are just complete asshats, mm-hmm. a lot of times they do get away with it. So I guess that's kind of... But yeah, hmm, yeah you want to see... Like in Demon Knight, Roach is the asshole character mm-hmm. and he gets eviscerated in like the worst possible way. Yeah. So that's another reason that it's just like, it's satisfying when, um, when your media kind of takes care of the things that real life doesn't take care of. (laughs) For that
1: you've got movies like Death Wish. Yeah I guess. I mean Or um uh, God what the hell um I'll talk to you off mic about it. I can't remember the name of it. Avengement or some shit or I'll have to look into it. Okay. It's like a revenge movie and it's like really cool.
0: Cool. Alright so I guess it's just left up to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I can't very well rate it as high as Demon Knight,
1: but for somehow.
0: <laughs> well, uh, also because, again, a part of my appreciation for it is that you can interpret it in many different ways, which mm-hmm. we've already discussed. But it's not as straightforward and like you know linear narrative like Demon Knight is. There, there's and no. And that's a bad thing. No, 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 not at all. But uh, I'm saying like there because. Yeah, it, it's like hypocritical to say that you know I can't very well say I appreciate it and then like detract for it but yet I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and say, yeah. Uh, would you say 9.5? I did. I'll give it a
1: 9.4. Okay. That's uh, Yeah,
0: it's a great movie and I, I love it. I thought
1: you were going to give it like an 8 or something no no, or something. no, 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 no.
0: It's a great movie. I I love it. I just Yeah. I mean, you just, just
1: love Demon Knight a lot more.
0: Exactly. Well, 0.4 points points. Well,
1: it was going to be (laughs) 0.6. You were going to say it was perfect. Yeah. I
0: don't know. We we better get off because you're going to convince me to to change it. So, all right. uh, File that under D. Mm -hmm. uh, Get a hold of us um, on. What the hell? (laughs) What What are are we called again? Uh, uh, File Under Pod pod on Twitter. Please, for the love of God, like vote in our polls and not just only our friends at Life Is Unfair podcast. Somebody else um, vote
1: for mine for once.
0: Well, yeah, you're probably gonna get the majority. This is probably gonna be a hundred percent vote in favor of okay. Donnie Darko with a whopping your know, two if votes. If it's
1: not, it's gonna be it's, it's rigged. I think. Well, it, well, no, I'm making t- alternative accounts. I, okay. <laughs>
0: I can tell you it won't be because I will vote and I will vote for Demon Knight. So I'm sure you'll get two votes for Donnie Darko and one vote for Demon Knight unless you vote for it yourself. Uh, Get a hold of us via email at fileunderpod at gmail.com. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with E and happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye.